Hey, all right, and welcome to Better Yet. I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Better Yet is a conversation that started in 2016, and it's a conversation that continues this week with my guest, Madeline Link of PAX. PAX has a new record out called Crispy Crunchy Nothing. Excited to share my interview with Madeline this week. If this is your first time here, this is a podcast that I started in 2016 as a way for me to interview people just like Madeline. Creative people who inspire me, I invite you to subscribe to the show on your podcast player of choice, and I'd like to invite you to visit our website, betteryetpod.com. And check out our YouTube page at Better Yet Pod. How are we doing today, Bubba's? I'm drinking that Dagger Mountain coffee, daggermountain.com. Follow them on Instagram at daggermtn coffee, my favorite coffee roaster in the US of A, right here in our hometown of Valparaiso, Indiana. I'd like to take a moment to plug my latest web development project, Riffin.io. Riffin is a guitar tablature sketch pad. Our team of developers all grew up playing or learning how to play guitar by looking up guitar tabs on websites like ultimateguitar.com, 911tabs, all that sort of thing. But if you've ever tried to input your own tabs into one of those websites, the editor is not so hot. So we built one using React, and we've got an AWS backend for you to store and save your tabs. You can sign up by visiting riffin.io. We've got OAuth secure through our AWS serverless backend. Check that out, riffin.io. How are we doing, Bubbas? We had a nice weekend here, better yet. Went down to Bloomington, Illinois to celebrate our niece's eighth birthday. It's occasion gave Uncle Tim a chance to watch WrestleMania with our nieces and our nephew. They've become big wrestling fans this past year, so they were very happy to watch the show, watch Roman Reigns triumph over Cody Rhodes. People still mad about that. It's Aries season. Rebirth. There's so much to celebrate and much to celebrate this week with our guest, Madeline Link of PAX. PAX released their second LP, Crispy Crunchy, Nothing, on Fire Talk Records. The follow-up to 2021's Take the Cake. Madeline is a gifted songwriter and guitar player. Her music hits right in that sweet spot of pavement and speedy Ortiz. Weird chords, cool vibes. I hear a lot of Chapel Hill in in packs that chapel hill sound archers of low polvo take the cake got a lot of love in 2021 deservedly so 
and crispy crunchy nothing is a step up the band shifts from that lo-fi collage aesthetic of take the cake and trade it in for a more hi-fi recording it's got great riffs and even more personality in the songwriting Madeline's a great lyricist too. She gives a lot. She's open, but she's also sardonic and funny. This is a really fun interview. Madeline and her band are down in Zalapa, Veracruz, making another record. How about that? These kids, they don't stop. She's coming too from a very big reverby house. There's some background noise in this interview, but we work with it. Shout out to Ismail the groundskeeper. Thank you for listening to Better Yet this week. Remember to rate and subscribe on your podcast player of choice and come back next week. For now, here's me and Madeline Link. Madeline Link of PAX is on the show this week. Hi, Madeline. Welcome to Better Yet. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me here. Now, you are in a very, very nice reverby little space coming to us from i was expecting you to be north of me but you're not you're far south where yes. are you at right now we're down in jalapa veracruz wow wow now do you have you have family down there no so i'm here with my band and me and my bandmates are in this crazy huge reverby house called mm-hmm. casa pulpo and we're recording our next album oh my god perfect and then you can wait until 2026 for it to come out right hopefully not that's like one of my pet peeves about um like having to wait for vinyl these mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. i love it though so are you are you recording stuff in that house that has to just be built oh my god this record's gonna be so fun you having a good time? Yeah, yeah, we're having a great time. I I'm happy because I wrote all the songs, most of the songs before coming here, and then there's one song that I wrote while we've been here about the, one of the cats. <laughs> one of the cats at the house. Yeah. Oh my god, this is perfect. I'm a big. Uh, I I studied Hemingway in college, so I've always wanted to go to his house in Cuba. That's just got cats everywhere. Yeah, cats are like they're such characters, like and very ins- inspiring too. Because yeah, the way that they act is just like the way you wish you could act sometimes. Yeah, totally. Especially as like hosts, like that's yeah. their domain, and they are kind enough to let you hang out with them at their house. Yes, Gotta but look. we're not allowed to let them in. Oh, okay. Well, did it, do they know that? Have they been testing no. you? Okay, that's good. every day, every day. <laughs> so, how did you end up? How did you end up in Veracruz as um, as a place for uh, making a record? Was it um, was this a house that you knew about, or did you someone just say, "Let's go to Mexico and make the record"? Well, I really love DIY record recording i think Mm -hmm. that's like the joy of making music especially when you have like bandmates who are really pro at that sort of thing and also have like really big creative drives as well when it comes to music production Mm -hmm. so i was like our last album that the lp2 we recorded it in like rural quebec in the fall Mm 
which was oh, wow. in one week. And it was very like picturesque and wonderful in many ways. But I was like, A, we got to go somewhere hot. B, we got to have more time. C, I don't know what the C was, but it's this place. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And I found out about it from my um, a friend of mine who I met in Mexico City who uh, he knows, like, uh, we both know the person, the lady who, like, runs this place. But I phoned him up and I was like, hey, do you know of anywhere in Mexico City that's, like, that we can record an album? And he was like, mm. not in Mexico City, but in Jalapa. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so cool. Also, my partner suggested Mexico City recently, and then I've watched two sets of friends go to Mexico City in a very short period of time. And you know what, Madeline, by the end of this show, we're going to be friends, too. So it's that means three friends yeah. down in Mexico. We're like, I got to go. I got to get out of this. I'm in Valparaiso, Indiana. We're we're close to Lake Michigan. And you're from you're Toronto, right? Mm, yeah. So you know what it's like. You know what it's like being close to the lake and cold all the time. It's not good. It's not good. Did you grow up? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Ottawa, Ontario. Okay. Now Ottawa, see, I I the, my Canadian knowledge is hockey based, so I know <laughs> that Ottawa's there and I know it's the capital of Canada. And um, do you know the t- name of the hockey team? The Senators, of yes. course. <laughs> go, Sens, go. I, um, uh, I, but I really don't know anything about, like, Ottawa. Are your folks still there? Yeah, they are. Yeah. So was there music in the house when you were growing up? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, it's like, I mean, I don't know what your parents were like, but I imagine if they named you after... The replacements album. It's we discussed like, this in pre-pro, yeah. <laughs> if it's the vibe where like they're pretty snobby, uh huh. I don't know. <laughs> and my dad like is a record collector and a book collector, and mm-hmm. you could you could ask him about like anything, maybe two thousand year two thousand and earlier, and he would probably be able to like just go he would be able to monologue about it yeah yeah he's got the gift yeah (laughs) it's a blessing and a curse it is so you were you were what you were growing up with with rock and roll stories were they were they big into like going to shows and stuff like that too you get some of that firsthand experience from them yeah the night that i was born my mom was in labor and my dad was playing a show he was in a band in the 90s in Calgary. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. So what? They were playing at the Saddle Dome, probably. No. no <laughs> but I think it was called the, the Night Gallery. Oh, okay. Or something. No. I kind of forget. But yeah, something like that. So he was he was a musician, too. Did you, like, I'm sure you're five years old and you're like, I want that guitar. I want to play it right now. Yeah, it just like he he always looked like he was having a great time when he was playing the guitar mm-hmm. and like silly like you know he was he writes he would write serious songs he would write silly songs he would play like songs that I would hear for the first time from him and then hear the like 
the you know recorded version by like the Beatles or oh my Rolling god Stones or yeah. whatever like after his version and yeah that's amazing give me give me fucking good childhood memories like I remember like knowing the words to listen to Williams songs before I have formed memories that's how it was for me what about you were you just like always always music yeah pretty much like I just know like because I was born and grew up for the first three years of my life in Calgary Mm -hmm. and in the basement like they there was like a jam space where my dad's band the Shinolas they would be jamming and there's actually a I think Rat's Nest Studios was where they recorded Uh and um there's like a song of theirs that like every time it plays like the recorded version like they're like oh and there's your crying at the end (laughs) like you can just hear me wailing (laughs) oh that's so funny yeah but Uh, yeah i love the shinolas and because and because i talk about them so much in interviews here and there like i was like we need to get this on YouTube. So there are like full discographies on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Incredible. We can check it out. What kind of, what kind of stuff is it? It's, it's, I'm sure rock based. You're It's like garage rock. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Super inspired by like the Sonics and like. Mm-hmm. Fucking love those records know. so much. Yeah. Those records just yeah. like sound it's just there there's that gain on the vocals it's distorted it really just fucking hits you in your in your guts yes and then the lyrics too like they're they're often like pretty like witty yeah yeah super weird super super goofy and like oh my god so um i guess when did you start playing or let's go like when did you start getting into music that was like your own well, I, my dad taught me how to play the guitar when I was like about 12 and he taught me how to play If I Fell. That was like... What's that? If I Fell? Uh, uh, the Beatles. Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And um, and then so like I learned, like I went through the whole Beatles discography learning those songs. And then like when I was 15, 16, I started like playing the drums and recording guitar and using this Casio SK-1 because my dad also would go to the thrift stores and get like these incredible keyboards like vintage old synths for Mm -hmm. like two dollars yep so that was super fun that was in high school and I would release like batches of songs um onto Bandcamp under the name Pax, but P-A-X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you were you were recording stuff and sharing it right away. And this was like the life that was mapped out for you, it sounds like. I wasn't singing though. I really didn't I didn't feel like happy or comfortable like putting words in there. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, so I, I I loved like just hearing like waves, like the band waves or like mm-hmm. like the strokes, the shins, like that kind of vibe. And then like trying to recreate my favorite elements of, of what I heard 
and put it out there and like not even share it really just kind of like have it out there so is this the stuff that's like compiled on ouch b-sides is that this oh this is even before that because you have some instrumental stuff on that too Mm -hmm. i love this so you're just and i would have to say if you've got a teacher such as uh the one that you had and you're playing Beatles songs too. You're learning cool chords and stuff too, right? Yes. Hell yeah. Exactly. You're hitting D nines and suspending stuff and stuff. Stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Did you get into, did he, did he teach you like theory and stuff like that? Do you understand that stuff? Or are you kind of just like, no, like, no, this is like, this is where you hit the seventh. Yeah, like this would probably sound good. And I'll just like move the fingers around until I yeah. get to that, the combination that I would like. I like your guitar playing a lot. I like that you do a lot of nylon string stuff. I also love the way you record some of this stuff too, because it's like, you know, it's a little blown out in places. Yes. Yeah. I ha- it's unfortunate. It's quite sad because I have, like, just by coincidence, the microphones that I used to record, like, ouch and B-side oh nylon string. Yeah. I would, like, clip this little. They look like kind of like lavalier mics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very tiny. And you clip one onto the bottom of the hole and then one onto your lapel. Uh-huh. And then you just like play the stuff, but like they've been buzzing lately, and I, I'm like, I don't even know what to type into Google to get more of these new lapel new lapel mics. But they're like binaural lapel mics. Oh my god, yeah, that is so cool. I definitely have like songs of yours written down where I'm like, how'd you get that sound? How'd you get that? <sighs> don't go for the goat's milk. Like, what is that? Is that the lapel? Yeah, that's that's so cool. That whole album I recorded just with these. Yeah, I love the way that that record sounds. I love the way all of your stuff sounds, but I'm watching the that video for Whoa, and I'm like, this these recordings are where it's at. <laughs> Thank you. So, growing up in Ottawa, is there a lot going on in Ottawa or because I know you end up in Toronto eventually. Is that kind of the track for, like, if you grow up in Ottawa, you're going to go to Toronto if you want to be involved in a music scene? Or were you going to shows in, in Ottawa? In Ottawa, actually, it was pretty fun. Like, in the last years of high school, um, we met this band called Grime Kings. Mm-hmm. That was, they were from Belleville. And they, oh my gosh, this band is amazing. Like, this band is absolutely incredible. Grinding. Okay. Yeah. So they would have, like, shows that we would, like, if they were all ages, we would go. There was, like, spaces like Gabba Hay and Pressed Cafe. Mm -hmm. That was, like, a waffle place in the morning and then a gig place at night, which is, that place is closed. Gabba Hay is now just a rehearsal space. Honestly, the scene in Ottawa has, I mean, yeah, it's different now. But like, yeah, it's too bad. At that, yeah. 
but like it, it was really fun for a while and then I didn't really mus- move to Toronto for music I went there just because I was gonna I was going to art school mm-hmm. why you but, laugh like that <laughs> art school is a good thing right Mm, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good thing to find out that you don't want to be there. Sometimes yes. you just have to do that. Right. So and then what were you, you stay what were there you... for six years? Yeah. What did you what were you going to um school for? For visual arts? Yeah, I was that major called integrated media. What does that mean? It means like you could you could take any course and say that you're going to be integrating that medium into your practice. So. Sounds good in theory. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah. It means like you, you leave art school and you're just like, what do I apply for? Uh I'm not really a master at anything. I know a little bit about everything now. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it but was But you fun. knew a lot about making music, that's for sure, right? But I didn't do any music in school at all whatsoever, mm-hmm. none. What were you doing mostly in, in, in school with your with your artistic bent? I was, well, I would say the thing that I, like, excelled at and, like, tried the most in was video. So mm. we had, like, by the end of university, I had, like, a team that I worked with a lot and we would do like kind of um, satirical shorts, I guess. And like just short films and like we got, we got pretty good. But then the thing is like after school, it's hard to maintain that team and even just maintain the uh, like uh, the drive and the time to, and the, Money because all this all this insanely expensive equipment is totally free for you to rent for however long you request it for, or mm-hmm. like you know within a certain whatever. But like after school, it's just like everyone's like, okay, now I need to get a job. I have no time to do like fun stuff. It's like yeah, yeah. can't commit to six a.m. start time, ten p.m. wrap. I get that. I get that. Well, I, I would say that integrating media has definitely worked out for you. You have some very cool music video stuff that we're going to talk about today. All right. <laughs> so how does how does how does PAX go from PAX posting instrumental stuff on a band camp and now into full band? Are you still is it the same band that? started up from the beginning i love your origin story would you mind just telling the folks at home a little bit you were playing you were playing out at cafes doing solo stuff right Mm -hmm. and then well i knew these guys from like way 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 back like Mm -hmm. i mean not way 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 back but like 2015 and then yeah they came to one of my like solo shows and they're like we would love to be your backing band and so I was like all right let's have a practice and then we had the practice and they learned the songs that I was playing and then we had a show and it was really fun yeah 
So how did you get, I guess, to uh, like you start singing, obviously, at that point. They saw you play guitar and sing. So mm -hmm. w was it just kind of like a natural evolution, you would uh, say? Or did you just want to like actually say, let's put some full full force into this? I would say it was more like I one great thing about art school because I have a minor in creative writing because I took so many poetry classes oh hell yeah fucking let's talk poets yes yeah. who are you reading <laughs> who are you reading that was inspiring you um well honestly my teacher was like hell pretty yeah. inspiring her name is Lillian Allen mm-hmm She's a dub poet, um, oh, and cool. she like she's like a Juno-winning dub poet. She's an incredible performer, and like I would just say, like, so we read this book called "Writing the Natural Way" that gave you strategies like mind mapping, mm -hmm. and like all the, it's like it mind mapping is like almost this meditative like state that you have to put your cognitive brain into where you're you're linking all these insane disparate things together until you reach the phase shift and then you, your brain will actually feel it when you reach the phase shift and then that's when you start writing everything and you don't stop until like she says okay time's up yeah and sounds like and, me when i get stoned and watch john wick <laughs> write yeah. my journal yeah yeah it's like it's like uh yeah inception like deciphering analysis crazy crazy times. yeah dude that's really cool i love just the different ways of i don't know getting into that like creative space that honestly sound a little bit more productive than some of the ones that i've used in the past you know get fucking so into rimbo and staying up till four o'clock in the morning till you get creative like what are we doing here so mind mapping worked for you well but yeah but yes i can see staying up late being also really special it's good, but you can't do it after you're like 28 you just have to start going to bed at a normal time i think i would say like 24 okay <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen me a couple of years ago i like oh. i can needed the hook big time but <laughs> wow with your poetry at four Get this guy to bed. <laughs> I wouldn't even call it poetry, just like meditations of an insane person. Yeah. <laughs> it's, All right. It's whatever whatever floats your boat, really. Yeah, dude, hell yeah. I love I love this though. So mind mapping. So words are definitely becoming a a part of your creative process, I'd say. And the like push the final push to like also share the words with your classmates. Mm -hmm. Like you gotta, you gotta not be embarrassed about what you're writing to do that. And so like, I would notice myself like at home by myself writing songs that I was like, this is an awful, awful song that I would never want anyone to hear ever. And then uh, like I would kind of just play it a couple times, like over the over a week, and then and then I'd be able to write a song 
that maybe had like some of the elements of that other song, mm-hmm. but with like words that I was, I was like, oh, now I feel like enough uh, confidence that I actually like, like I've written new words. It's not ridiculous. Like I like this and I think other people won't cringe when they listen to this. Yeah. I feel like you got, you got a real sweet spot too with like, putting your personality into your words and the way that you uh, enunciate too. I'm thinking of uh, thinking of 4th of July, just you going, yeah, like fucking right. I know that feeling. Yeah. Sometimes you're just writing something and that's how it has to be said. Absolutely. So we got, so you, you start playing, with a band, everything's good. And you mentioned at the top that these were all people who are interested in recording. You're interested in recording. So when it comes to to take the cake, is that a is that a record that you all made yourselves? It's like half of those songs we recorded all together mm-hmm. with these microphones. And then the other half I recorded like rhythm guitar vocals and like some drum parts myself. And then each band member recorded their own, like in their own home, like whatever setup they had during the the quarantine. Oh, so this was all put together in quarantine. Or like pre-quarantine and then like, Ah. the depths of quarantine yeah i see i see and you were coming back from toronto and i could see that you were really getting that full like city experience you know getting doored on your bicycle and working crappy jobs can you Mm -hmm. tell me can you tell me your story of getting doored because i feel like it's a rite of passage for the city cyclists. Yeah. Well, honestly, I was feeling awesome because I I was in a band with my sister also at the time drumming. And mm-hmm. I had just, I was just coming back from the rehearsal studio after like an hour long session of drumming practice. Right. And I was like, oh, I love life. And I was like riding down Dundas Street looking and it was like the sun was setting and so there was this beautiful like cloud pink clouds this like lavender sky and I was staring up at the sky and I was just like oh and then uh the guy opened his door I cycled into the door flew like flipped over landed in the middle of the street and my bike was like upside down perfectly like upside down yeah and then uh thankfully there was no traffic beside me but there was like yeah these two kind of guys just sitting across the street drinking these big like really high test beers and paper Uh bags and they just yelled out like you gotta kill that girl And yeah, the guy tried to help me up and I was so like angry. I was like, 
don't touch me. Do not. Yeah. Man, it, it is like terrifying. I had the same thing too where I was just like, dude, you didn't even look. Yeah. And he was like, I know. Yeah. I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> Nobody feels good about this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it really is like just total, it's like two accidents at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, so you're recording, um, take the cake. You got part of it. It's, it's funny the way that the recording of it came together, because when I listened to your new record, crispy, crunchy, nothing, I'm like, yo, not that take the cake felt like it was like put together, but it does feel like. You know, the new one is like, exactly. It's like, this is the record that was made to be a record. And yeah, but I, I do love the Take the Cake is like that like piecemeal. Piecework, yeah. Mm-hmm. It had to yeah. be a lot of fun to just like, I mean, if we needed anything in the pandemic, it was a project. So what was it like, I guess, um, you know, you put that record out with, fired talk like great label out of brooklyn and then royal mountain records like toronto staple like that i don't know that seems to be kind of the dream scenario for a first record it's it was something that like it was one of the hardest decisions that i've ever made because i have never heard good things about signing to a label right honestly and uh but at the same time i was like chatting with like the tape label that i put out ouch on at -hmm. first the two do i ran into one of them they're two twins well one set of twins and i ran into one of them i was like hey rob he's like no it's pete (laughs) (laughs) anyway that's a joke but um, it's good Thank you. Everyone at home is laughing. Uh, Yes. Um, I was just like, hey, like I have this dilemma. Like I don't know what to do. And he was like, dude, like do it. I don't know how many dudes who have had that opportunity and they've been like, no, man, I'm not selling out. I'm going to go independent for my whole life. And then, um, you know, they just like don't know what could have happened if they had said yes so I was kind of like I will say yes yeah (laughs) but it's like it's I didn't know anything about business or taxes like business taxes or uh uh, you know like royalty distribution or anything at all so yeah, what what yeah. I'm interested in in I guess uh in your dad's perspective was he was he like no way man don't do the labels dude you don't want to sell out or I, <laughs> was he I like think, no do it I think my dad was kind of like that's that's an incredible offer cuz I think he would have liked for his band to have that opportunity like a lot of my friend musicians that I was talking to were like, dude, like, I would love this 
Why are mm-hmm. you having a, d- a difficult time just saying yes? But yeah. Do you think it's the, how much of yourself is in that? Is this like, um, I don't know. Your music, t- your music has a lot of confidence. You should, I don't know if you know that, but you. I didn't certainly, know that. Yes. You'd certainly make confident records. Um, was it, I would imagine that something like that is just really hard to believe so quickly were you kind of like i don't know is this real well when they like when i had the first call with them they're like oh yeah we'd like to put out uh like we'd like to take all of the singles that you've put out and just re-release it Mm -hmm. or something and i was like okay um i'm not saying that i'll like write six songs in a month or anything like that but like maybe next time we talk like uh we can see if like you know because it's kind of pointless to re-release six songs that are already out there right and and so in i think in i think it was in one one like i was like guys let's do this and so i sent like i recorded my parts sent them to the guys sent them, got them back mixed them and then sent them to fire talk and like it was like, um, I I thought that it was like I didn't really understand that like, because they were like, oh, we want to like d- d- distribute it, and I thought that that was it. But it's like the whole package. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's fucking, it's humbling. Yes. Yeah. But it's also like, oh my god, like this is so much more work than I would be doing if I was just playing music and re- releasing it like on Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like they are actually there to help you. Yes. That's, that's Fire the original talk. idea. Yeah. 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 Wow. For sure. It's, it's pretty cool. But the, the problem is like, I, I, I feel for like indie labels right now because like Mm -hmm. it's there's like a fantasy of the past that is like trying to be upheld by every all indie music lovers and like it is a, a fantasy that isn't like financially like happening yeah yeah i i feel that in so many ways um last week we had miranda reiner great music writer on and we were talking about the music review and what it once represented and the idea that it could still represent that thing for music is you know it's part and parcel with the you know the idea that like we're putting out people's records and that's, that's the goal. That's what we're all here for. I feel you big time. There's like, it, it's like wanting music to succeed is almost at times to the detriment of music because it's like, it doesn't work the way that it did. You can't record a single, it's not folkways. It's not the Sonics. You know, no. shit doesn't yeah, come like, out six weeks after you record it or whatever it was. You also hear about like 
like like the earliest like jazz and blues singers going into like a record like a recording studio mm-hmm. cutting the this the single onto the the record and then it being delivered to the radio station like later that day yeah. and then it gets played like like hundreds of thousands of times and they're instantly like billionaires at like for that age yeah well Barry Gordy maybe was a billionaire I don't know about the, the rest <laughs> <laughs> is Billy Gordy like a producer? Oh, Barry Gordy. Um, it's uh, oh, sorry, he's the Barry. Motown. Yeah, he's the Motown guy. There's also a really good oh, John Barry. Mulaney joke that's kind of about this, where he's like, "Oh, it sounds good, Mister Barry Gordy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's totally like I like I I can't even imagine that. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think well, you're speaking to something that I that your work. I think speaks actually in, in ways that, um, you know, I think matter like this. Whoa. Album film that to me, this thing that you made with, is it Graham, Graham Long? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Leung. Um, you know, that's a bit of media integration that we're, that we're talking about. That is a very, very cool idea that, I was like, well, fuck, this is really cool. One and two, like, why are, I feel like this is novel and I don't think it should be. But I love what you did together. How did that project come to be? Well, I was, oh, I've been inspired by album movies. Like, I know Beyonce released one and I didn't watch it, but Solange released one mm-hmm. and it was like one of the most beautiful visual albums that I've ever seen I think it's that that's the word for a visual album Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um, I guess the national did a really good one too that I liked yeah I did like that Solange one yeah she's amazing she's fucking amazing yeah um so obviously we we couldn't go that intense about it because we but like it was the timeline for it was insane. Like I told Fire Talk, I'm releasing or I'm writing songs, or I don't know. <laughs> I was just like, I have some songs, and they're like, okay, great. Like let's let, let's release them, but di- just digitally. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I want to do a visual album for this. And so we got back from this tour that we did with Good Morning, and then I started this horrible um, house painting job, like a week after Uh and so I had like four days to get Graham like me and Graham were like all right let's do it and he's like I love working with Graham because I feel like he like if he was in school with me like he would have been on my team sort of vibes like Mm -hmm. he we just like have the exact same visual like thing going on in here and so yeah, it was like super, super like low budget and but but exactly what I wanted and more. So it was really like it, it's it's definitely like the most exciting part of like having this label is that they'll push you to be like, let's release this and do you have any ideas? And I'll be like, Yeah, I actually do. Fuck so yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's so awesome. I'm so glad that it's working out. 
so well everybody should check out check should check out this film i yeah it's stuff like that is is very inspiring and going back to what we were just talking about about you know we're all rooting for music to be what it was but seeing stuff like this is like and this just makes me hopeful for people to come up with more fun and, you know, new, unique ways to, to release stuff. Yeah, I hope I hope it's inspiring in that way because it like it is also based on like having a community, at least like mm-hmm. at least two people to help you out. And, you know, like more than that if you want to have like kind of like a production type thing like you can't do like these 90s like style enormous budget indie rock music videos like you're you have to like kind of have your homies be like yeah Mm -hmm. that sounds fun like I'll drink some beer with you as payment hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> all right which one which member of the band do i have to yell at to get them to stop hammering in the back that's that's ismail the groundskeeper oh okay well we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna disrupt ismail's vibe that's for sure well ismail is actually trying to dis dismantle the axe that my bassist got like he lodged the head of an axe into a piece of wood that the wood was so hard that the axe got stuck and then he tried getting the axe out and broke the handle off the head of the axe so now Ismail is trying to so when you say axe do you mean like a literal axe or do you mean like the way you refer to your guitar as an oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're leaving it oh. in we're leaving it in <laughs> Um, yeah, I wish. I wish. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so this new record, I don't know if you remember this, but my last name is Crisp, so that's the setup for this joke. So your new record, Crispy Crunchy Nothing, sounds Mm -hmm. like an insult someone would hurl at me during a kickball game. Um, Mm -hmm. You you also record uh, this one with your bandmates yourselves. And you yes. said that, you mentioned that in, in Quebec. Yes. Yes. Fucking, this is, so this is, to me, it's very hi-fi compared oh, to what you yeah. did before. Were you going for something that was like, you know, sonically? Uh, no, no, you no. weren't. It just sounds well, quite good. We were, we were looking, yeah, we wanted to do something more hi-fi just to see what it would be like mm-hmm. because I think, I think actually we had this person who said, if you don't, if you don't try to sound more hi-fi, people are going to think that you don't care. Mm. And I was like, ugh, kind of like, screw you but also it planted a little worm in my head that was like you need to you do something that sounds high five yeah so we tried it out were there records that you had 
in mind. I feel like you're very, you know, quickly compared to bands like Pavement and bands like Speedy mm. or Tease who kind of do have those, you know, moments in their career where they do take that step up. Were there were there records that you had in your head that were like, okay, yeah, this is we want this to be the PAX blank? I I think I had in mind that Radiohead album, The Bents. Yeah. I believe yeah. That's like the most hi-fi uh lo-fi album yeah oh that's a great way to put it (laughs) oh my god i I love love the bands yeah i like i was listening to it so much and just like every song i was like i was driving a lot and every song that would come i would just like yell the, the the lyrics and the guitar riffs and everything like yeah Radio Pet is a band that I've like never had like consistently long periods of being into Radiohead. I've just realized that I'm into Radiohead for like, I've been into Radiohead for like two months out of the year for every year since I was like 16 years old. And the accumulation of Radiohead in my life is significant. You could put that on a resume for sure. (laughs) God damn, I need... Never mind. I'm your radio head resume. <laughs> My radio. <Yeah. laughs> Everyone has one. I know. Um. And yeah, dude. Like I mentioned, like it's that sense of completeness that is, you know, when you listen, when you hear a record like "Take the Cake," it's like, "Fuck yeah, somebody has arrived." But when you hear <laughs> something like this, it's like, "Okay, sick. This is not like." is the opposite of the sophomore slump by um you know were you in your head making this or were you feeling like just confident in the process confident in your bandmates um that's a good question like i think a little bit we were all in our heads because we hadn't jammed the songs enough before mm-hmm. recording so we would be working out drum parts like while we were recording the drums, which was like kind of, it was kind of like, what do we want these songs to sound like? Yeah. Like, so it was totally like a bit of a, like I, I was, I knew when I heard the demos, like when I would listen back to the demos, I'd be like, okay, yes, like these are these are like going to be solid songs but then yeah recording it as a band it was like it was a bit tougher just because we didn't given give ourselves enough time yeah yeah so you learned but, then, you, but but you found good stuff obviously oh yeah it was really fun and it was also like it it has like this it, I, I feel like it has a bit of an energy, like kind of like a uh, dude. It really <laughs> does. I was I was thinking about how much I love the sounds that are going on on this record. Abalone, sunscreen, and epoxy. There's just these great layers where it's like I don't know if this was, you know, intentional, but you replace lo-fi I think with just some really cool studio sounds. Yeah. We, so we, I mixed it with um, this guy, Nick Kinsey, 
who has this studio called Chicken Shack down in like Hudson, Hudson Valley. Mm-hmm. And I was there for a week with him, just like mixing the songs. And because like, because the songs were a little like am- amorphous, like going into the mixing process. And I was kind of like, I know I want the songs to sound like this, but I don't really know how to put it into words. So I went down there and a lot of the songs sort of like came together in the mixing process, like kind of like defining the vibe of each song as we did it. And the thing about that was that like, it was like as soon as you bounce the final thing, as soon as you like print it or whatever, Mm -hmm. like that was, you could not go back and like fiddle around because his mixing board was totally analog. Yeah. It's like, there there it is. No more tinkering. Yeah. But then if we did want to tinker, it would have to be like, okay, what did we like about that? Yeah. How are we going to remix it again? Love that. It was insane. And you made another really cool music video along for this too. That's the 4th of July video. Fucking love it. Who who did you work with on that? We worked we worked with this production company called Breathe, but specifically these two guys, Sam and Alex. Yeah. Who are in the same world as Graham as well. Nice. But but yeah, those two are very good. <laughs> that looks like it was done to tape too. That was done to tape. Well, <laughs> film. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. that's what they call it in the uh, in the oh in the film industry. industry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my bad. <laughs> no, no, no. You corrected me. You knew. I was like, oh yeah, tape analog. I know. But you know, tape is really trendy too. People are like, everyone's doing that kind of music video where they've got they've got digital, they've got tape, and they've got film, like mm-hmm. golden trifecta. Seriously. And they've got like, and then they've also got like TikTok reels or whatever they're called like they're doing everything in those videos yeah dude tape is like a film it's like the casio sk1s of Mm. of our time yeah just buying vhs's and splicing them up yeah totally Um, yeah dude this um i said it earlier this is a fucking confident record and i and i hope that you um I hope that you receive that well because I like you make music that's fucking good. <laughs> Thank you. It's been um it's been a lot of fun like watching this evolution. I didn't even know about packs with an X too, so I get all this extra stuff that I can dive into as well. Well, I Is have that available. Like- it's not available. Like it's still on my Bandcamp, but it's entirely private. And like I'm just like wondering when can I publish it again? I don't know when. I you know, I there's like I don't like seven that. albums that are hidden from the public. Listen, I'm a big fan of uh Speedy Ortiz and the death of Speedy Ortiz uh reissue that came out a couple years ago. I don't like to take too much credit, but I will say that I'm 
pretty much the sole reason that that record went back up on Bandcamp was Sadie's interview with us several years ago. I was like, why isn't that on Bandcamp anymore? She was like, I don't know. Maybe it should be. And um, I don't know. I would love to imbue that onto you as well. Put that shit up whenever you feel like it, because I would love to hear it. Well, I can send it to you, too. Well, hell yeah, we will definitely do that. (laughs) Um, Madeline, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for for coming on. Thank you again for having me. It was super fun. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, dude. And I can't deny.